Athens, ancient Athens, was the center of urban life. And you know what? Paul the Apostle went there and talked to the people. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembert. I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV, where we talk about all of these things in the Bible. It's a very exciting time as we look at Acts chapter 17 in about five minutes time. So stay there, we're gonna continue right now. Ryan has something to say, right? Today, I take a close-up look at the life of one of the Apostle Paul's most trusted associates, Timothy. <laughs> Very good. Timothy was an excellent man. Janice? Today, let's be accountable. All right, we're going to be accountable. Pastor John is with us. How are you doing, Pastor John? Wonderful, thank you. Excellent. He's going to tell us more about this church. Uh, it's a very interesting story, and we'll pick that up coming up in uh, probably about 25 minutes, so stay there. Right now, let's get our Bibles out, open it up. God is talking to us. Let's hear him what he's saying in Acts chapter 17. Acts 17, 10 through 21. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness, and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul at Berea, they came there also and stirred up the crowds. Then immediately the brethren sent Paul away to go to the sea, but both Silas and Timothy remained there. So those who conducted Paul brought him to Athens, and receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed, they departed. Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. Therefore he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshippers, and in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. Then certain Epicurean and Stoic philosophers encountered him, and some said, What does this babbler want to say? Others said, He seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods, because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine is of which you speak, for you are bringing some strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know what these things mean. For all the Athenians and the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Acts chapter 17, verses 10 through 21. Acts chapter 16 and 17, a great passage of scripture. You know, Luke did such a good job when he put this book together. It is excellent. I find it interesting how news reports have changed so much in the past 50 years. I mean, today, the idea of unbiased news is a joke. Everyone is biased and they like to talk about it. In fact, they celebrate what they believe to anyone who gives them attention. 
So it depends on what you want to hear. But remember, God is applicable to all people of all biases. Human beings need Jesus Christ, regardless of the political party or the service they affiliate with. We should not create unbiased news, but we should seek to solve the internal problems that we have. Now, the Bible does not speak to us in political parties, nor does it side with any legalistic idea. The Bible is God's wonderful word. The interesting thing about the truth today is the world seems to think it evolves. But truth does not evolve. Truth is eternal. Truth never changes. And God is truth. A lot of people say, well, what do you mean, Rod? What do you mean by that? Well, we're going to find that out here. Let me tell you, it's true. And as we focus on this, take your Bible guides and turn to it, spreading the good news. That's our topic today. What is the good news? Well, we're going to find out. Spreading it, what does that mean? We'll talk about it. Father, help us today in Jesus' wonderful name to hear your good news from the Word of God, from the book of Acts, chapter 17. It is great. In Jesus' wonderful name, we ask that you would give us wisdom as we study these passages of Scripture, which you have written in the name of Jesus Christ. And we said together, amen and amen. Now, with that in mind, let us focus our attention on the Scripture and look at Acts chapter 17, beginning with verse 10. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue or the gathering of the Jews. Now, these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scripture daily to find out whether these things were so. Did, did you hear that, what they did? They searched the scripture. Verse 12. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. This is absolutely stunning. The Bereans were reasonable people and well-established in the Jewish scriptures. You see, beloved, the church should be well-established in the Bible. By the way, if you don't know what the Bible says, this is a great way to start. Read the whole Bible, not just a part of it, not just one section and stay in that one section. <clears throat> the Bible is presented over several thousand years and it confronts all of the issues that humans face. And we should read the Bible. And I know a program that helps you do that. In fact, you're watching it right now. So write for your Bible guide and we'll make sure you get a copy of Going Through the Word with us. Now let's go on to the next passage of Scripture. Acts chapter 17, verse 13 says, But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul at Berea, well, they came there and also stirred up the crowd. They certainly did. Then immediately the brethren sent Paul away to go to the sea. But both Silas and Timothy remained there. So those who conducted Paul brought him to Athens and receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed, they departed. I mean, you know, Paul keeps going everywhere. It's great. 
there were some who were stirred up against the work of God through Christ. They were ticked off at Paul. They didn't want him to preach. Well, you want to know something still today? There is persecution directed towards those who follow Christ. In fact, around 320 million people, according to Open Doors Ministries, are persecuted every year for their faith and their belief in Jesus Christ. Why are they persecuted? What's the problem with believing Jesus Christ? You know, if I believe in Jesus Christ and the word of God, I become a better citizen. I just don't know what the problem is. Very important. You learn to love your enemy. You learn to love each other. You don't strike each other. You don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That's Ephesians 6. But you pray for them. Very important, isn't it? Interesting. Let's go on to the scripture. Acts 17 verse 16 says, Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. Therefore, he reasoned in the gathering place or the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshipers and in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. Then certain Epicurean and Stoic philosophers encountered him. And some said, what does this babbler want to say? And others said, well, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods because he preached to them Jesus Christ and the resurrection. Verse 19. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine is of which you speak? For you are bringing some strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know what these things actually mean. For all of the Athenians and the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else but either to sell or rather to tell or to hear some new thing. Oh, this is absolutely stunning and fascinating. Athens was the center of urban life in the ancient days. They were interested in Jesus and the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus is the key part of Christian faith. Do you understand that? I believe that Jesus Christ rose in the flesh. I mean, he defeated death and his body regenerated and he came to life because he was fully God and fully man. I'm talking about Yeshua HaMashiach. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. That's what I believe. Now, I want to say, Paul speaks at the marketplace or in Mars Hill, they call it. And he says, I've known, I've seen the unknown God. You have the idol here to the unknown God. And let me declare who he is. He says, it's Jesus Christ. And he died on the cross for your sins and he rose again. And when he talked about the resurrection, some people said, no, that's too much. But other people believed. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the critical point. And we need to understand that Christianity is geared and developed around the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, beloved, do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sin? And then he rose again in the flesh, regenerated in life, and then ascended to the heavens? Well, if you do, then you're a person who believes in Jesus Christ and following him. So I would suggest to you today that it is the resurrection that is the key factor and understanding what a Christian is and believing in the Lord Jesus Christ.
Hi, Rod Hembry. We go through the Bible in one year. It's exciting. It's great. And you can join us by searching Bible Discovery TV on your phone. That's right. On your phone, your iPhone or your Android phone. And when you do so, you'll find the app. You can download the app and watch it anytime you want. Never miss a program right here on Bible Discovery TV. We'll see you there. Well, it's time now to carry on with our Bible study, and today's reading is Acts chapter 16 and 17. And it's in chapter 16 that we're introduced to a disciple named Timothy. As a matter of fact, Timothy is one of the main people we see in Paul's inner circle of people. But who is he? Where has he come from and what became of him? Well, let's do some digging. In Paul the Apostle's second and last recorded letter to Timothy before his execution in Rome, he writes, To Timothy, a beloved son. Though Timothy was not really his son, Paul clearly thought of him as such. Indeed, Paul also refers to Timothy as a fellow worker, brother, bond servant, beloved and faithful child in the Lord, and co-equal in the Lord's work. Timothy was the son of a Greek father and a Jewish mother and was reared by his mother Eunice and grandmother Lois in a godly home, making him a third-generation Christian. The name Timothy is the English form of the Greek name Timotheus, which is the combination of two Greek words, Timaeo meaning to honor, and Theos meaning God. Thus Timothy means honoring God, or honored by God, or in God's honor. Paul probably met Timothy on his first missionary journey, which included a stop in Timothy's hometown of Lystra, in what is now Turkey. On Paul's second missionary journey, he would again stop in Lystra, this time to invite Timothy to join his ministerial team and become his fellow companion. Though Timothy, by blood, was only half Jewish, according to the matrilineal principle of descent, legally he was a Jew. Though he grew up learning and knowing the scriptures, the fact that he was uncircumcised implies that his upbringing was not characterized by a strict observance to the law. Thus, when Timothy accepted Paul's invitation to join him, Paul arranged to have him circumcised, so Jews would have no reason to criticize the half-Jew for refusing to honor God's covenant with Abraham. To his credit, Timothy was obedient, and he became a vital member of Paul's inner circle. Indeed, he was one of Paul's main messengers and problem-solvers. In fact, on one occasion, Paul sent Timothy to possibly the toughest church of them all, the Corinthian church in Greece because here a church member was having sexual relations with his stepmother. For this reason, wrote Paul, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. Later, Timothy would become a pastor in Turkey at Ephesus, though Paul's letters to him seem to suggest that he may have become somewhat timid and reluctant to continue in that role. Therefore, though Paul is on the brink of execution, he encourages Timothy in the second letter to remain faithful and continue in all the things which he had been taught. Timothy also, at the request of Paul, apparently visited the apostle in Rome before his execution. Church leaders later wrote that Timothy eventually returned to Ephesus, where he became the first bishop of that church and where he was martyred in AD 97 during another wave of Roman persecution. You know, what I love about Timothy is his obedience to God and the gospel. Though as a half-Jew, he was physically uncircumcised, 
he was willing to become circumcised for the furtherance of the gospel. Timothy was obviously very capable as well. After all, if he wasn't, Paul would not have sent him around to various churches to solve different issues. Paul also obviously loved him very, very much as he considered Timothy a son. So let's take Timothy's example to heart and also be obedient to the call of God and the furtherance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know, Timothy, he had the drive. He had the work drive to do that. And Paul talks to him in 2 Timothy and he says, come on back, Timothy, and bring my books with you. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it really is interesting. Janice? This chapter, Acts 17, talks about the Berean people, and I titled my segment, Let's Be Accountable, because they give us a really good example of how we should be as followers of Jesus Christ. The scripture says, so, so Paul is coming from Thessalonica, trying to, to speak his mind to the people, and he's not received well. He comes to Berea, and here's how they're described. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. They took the time to study the word, to compare what was being told to them, they weren't just accepting everything, Rod. And I think um, it's just my opinion, but I believe in the Western culture right now, we have taken on a form of Christianity. And I think a lot of it is driven by, they say, the personality of maybe a, a preacher or somebody on YouTube or something. And so we kind of all go over here because we like what he says about this, or we go over here because we like what she says about that. And we don't know the word of God for ourselves. We need to be accountable. God has given us his word to study. And I want to be able to, to know his word. If he has given this to me, I want, I want to have that in my own heart so that when I'm hearing something that doesn't sound right, there's a little red flag that goes up and then I can check what the word of God says. You know, if I'm going to take a test, if I'm going to take a test, I don't need somebody else studying for me because it's going to be me taking the test and I need to know it myself. So that's all I just wanted to say. Let's be accountable. Let's not leave it for somebody else. But if we're a follower of Christ, we need to, to do that. We are personally need to follow Christ. Yeah, I think that's important. And uh, today, especially as we talk about this, and one of the things we're going to talk about now is John <laughs> saved in the cloakroom, got involved in the church. Then your pastor calls you, going to start a ministry in Canada. Three times you were rejected. You got over here anyway because of the third time. Now you're in Stratford, Ontario. Now what in the, you're in the church. So what in the world happens now? Well, again, we knew that we had to somehow make it closer towards the uh, Toronto area for what we were needing to do. Uh, but again, we served, you know, served faithfully in that church for a num number of years there because I still had that secular job at the same time and trying to see where things were going to go regarding the office that the pastor uh, had asked us to set up. Uh, but then things started to change within his direction and his ministry. And uh, so while we were here, one of the things that we did was we would travel around to familiarize ourselves with different ministries because Ireland and Canada were two different, two different places. And um, so 
we needed to see how things were done over here. And so we had the opportunity of being able to minister. One of the areas that we ministered in was 100 Huntley Street, because we were able to share about Ireland and what was going on there. Uh, because again, people were confused by the whole thing of the Protestant and Catholic and social side of things. And we're able to bring more direction to that, how that God was moving mightily in Northern Ireland. We could share that. And, uh, and then other different churches like uh, Queensway and in Broadway here in, in Orangeville. And uh, we'd been asked uh, to uh, speak at a full gospel businessmen's uh, meeting here in Orangeville. And I remember coming to Orangeville and thinking, well, I wouldn't want to live here, oh. you know. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, uh, we moved from Stratford to Orangeville. <laughs> now you're living here. So, so the door is, is opening opening up. And uh, then we got involved uh, with a, another area of ministry uh, that led us then to Brampton. And so while we were uh, there in Brampton, still in a secular job at that particular time, uh, there was a piece of property that came on the uh, market, um, you know, in, in Brampton. Now, just prior to that, we had started a church in 1985, January of 1985, with five people. So we started with five people, and this piece of property uh, comes on the market. And the, how we even got involved in that was the school that we were renting were wanting to renovate. And they said, look, you've got to get out of the school, uh, you know, because uh, we had secured the school for a full year, rental-wise, but uh, and that was in January. But uh, coming up to the summer holidays, they wanted to shut things down. So we had to go out, and we were looking contacted a real estate agent, and he said, look, there's this piece of property. He had walked into his office. Lady said, look, there's a piece of property just came on the market. Be great for a church, right? And I said to the person, Peter Kuypers was his name, and I said, well, Peter, is there a building on it? He says, no building on it, but have a look at it. And out of kindness, I said, well, we'll go and look. The moment I stepped onto that property, it was in a pie sheet piece of property, four acres of land, the spirit of the living God just came upon me and it was God saying to me in my spirit, not a loud voice, but as strong as you would hear a loud voice, buy this property. Now, here's the funny thing. The first thing I said to the Lord, I said, God, that's okay for you. I don't have any money. I've just moved house. You know, I'm in a secular job and not having a large income, but I was obedient to the Lord. We bought the property and it was $60,000 for four acres Imagine. of land back in 1985. Now, the next thing I did, because I, I, I believe in accountability, we need accountability. You know, I believe every pastor needs a pastor, every leader needs a leader. You know, there are people you gotta be accountable to. And I remember going to this particular church and saying, look, you know, uh, we wanna build a church, we wanna do this. This was even somewhat even prior to the land. Can we do this? And, and they said, it's impossible, you can't do it. But here's the secret that all of our listeners need to know. You need to know the Word of God. You need to know the Word of God. You need to be prayed up. You need to be walking with God, prayed up, reading God's Word, getting that direction, you know. And uh, But I, wanted, I, I believe in accountability. I believe in advice. Uh, but God has spoken to my spirit. Uh, and we bought, that, we bought that land. There was others that put offers in. But thankfully, God kept it for us. 
so that we're able to buy it. We had to come up with $10,000 and, and they were going to hold the mortgage and so forth. Anyhow, we, 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 we got, we got the land. We were able to purchase the land. But the amazing part of the story was then the school said, well, we've changed our mind. You can still have the school. So it was like God got us out of the school looking for the property, got the property, and we're still able to have the school for our services. That's the wow. goodness of God. Now, you don't have a building on the land. Not you've yet. got the land. What the world? You've got a minute, 50 seconds. <laughs> what the world happened? Well, as we heard in the, one of our other programs was we purchased uh, uh, an old church building, had the material, and uh, we stripped it down in February. Oh. In February of one of the coldest times in Canada. In March, this was this was March '86 because we and we got the land. But March '86 stripped the building down bit by bit. We were strapped onto that you building. You and who else? Uh, but three other people that helped us, uh, and, and one of my older boys moved all of that to the property, and then in. Uh, what we what we started to do then was uh, uh, to build, and um, so we started to lay out the plans. And uh, again, we were told you can't do it. There was nothing where we bought the land. There was nothing. There there was an old motel beside us, a house, uh, an older church, and a farm. Mm -hmm. There was absolutely nothing. That's why they said, look, you can't do it. And even the city of Brampton when we purchased the land, said, we're never going to build beyond two blocks away. It's going to be green belt, you know, uh, and it's even though it was zoned for a church, they, they changed the zoning. We had to rezone it twice again to build the church. But thankfully, we started to, to build the church in, in April uh, and we were able to be in by September. And the total building, because of material and stuff, cost us uh, $300,000 to build our first building. Oh, my goodness. That's the first building. And today there's a much larger building on it. That same property we go to every week will tell you the rest of the story on the next program. Thank you for praying with us as we listed our prayer request on the screen. And today I want to remind you that we are live in our prayer meeting at 3.30 Eastern time in the United States of America on Facebook, YouTube, and Bible Discovery TV. We're live and we'll pray for you. If you join us, I welcome you to join us. It's a good time and a time of spending with the Lord that God just does amazing things. But today let's pray on this program. And let's say it this way, Lord, I commit myself to read your word in Jesus' name. 